In this week's episode, I am joined by Equality Institute Associate Facilitator Maui Jones. We're going to be talking about Michigan expanding its civil rights protections, how a critical care physician has created curly hair kits for patients, and more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started. Maui, will you please introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Maui. As uh, Bernadette said, I'm an associate facilitator with uh, Equality Institute. I also uh, am the host of At the Table, the official podcast for a new community journalism uh, website called The Collectivist here in the uh, West Cook region. I'm an author of a children's book called uh, Every Day with Ella. And yeah, I just kind of have a lot of hats. Well, I'm really, really happy to have you here with us today. One of the things you do with some of our clients, our shared clients, is diversity trivia. So do you have a a quick trivia question you want to ask of our LinkedIn live attendees or YouTube listeners, viewers? Yeah, I was thinking about it. Uh, so it, you know, we just had, you know, St. Patrick's Day and your newsletter talked about you, your experience growing up Irish. So I thought we'd ask an Irish question. So so here's your question. This film, which is often referred to as an Irish village version of Taming of the Shrew, uh, has become a kind of a quintessential St. Patrick's Day watch. What is the name of this film? That's my trivia question for your viewers today. All right. Anyone who knows the answer to that, please type it in the chat and maybe I'll send you a copy of uh, in- the first person to do it. I'll send a copy of Inclusive 360 too. All right. So thank you, Maui. Um, one of the things that we started chatting about right before we went live was um, I was just telling you an, a story about what happened earlier this year when I had decided that I thought five things was very kind of appropriate for TikTok in the sense that the stories are kind of bite size and, you know, the videos are kind of bite size. And so I thought, hey, you know, this could this could really work. I could really spread the message on TikTok. And so I made an introductory video, like introducing myself before I um, I posted my first video and uh, five things video. And um, I upset a lot of people and the the gist of the feedback I received was that it's not really possible to have good vibes in DEI because there's so much oppression and there's so much pain. And I, I absolutely get that. It really made me rethink my approach to this work. And so I uh, we were talking about this earlier, and I just wanted to invite you to share your perspective on this. Yeah. So... Back in 2018, I did a, a TEDx talk, and when I was working on that, I 
I was focusing a lot on uh, generational trauma that's being passed down, you know, uh, the after effects of, of uh, child slavery and oppression and whatnot. And as I was writing that talk, I realized that that's just part of the experience that also in that experience are these generational joys and this persistence of love that also gets passed down. And I think that sometimes we are so quick to focus on the pain points that we don't focus on the, on the wins and the triumphs. And so I think that is a very important thing to do just in like, you know, the way that we discuss it in film and television and whatnot, usually when you see films or movies or music pieces about about diversity and equity and inclusion about these kind of you know traditionally marginalized experiences it's always centering on the pain so i would challenge people in dei to try and shift to joy-based perspectives as well yeah well what does that look like in practicality so for me um when I was working on that, I, I I recognized that there was a tension being held of, yes, I uh, am descended from people that were enslaved and um, just in my own personal family, people that have struggled with mental illness and all these various things. But then I, I also realized, oh, yeah, but those people also became doctors. Those people became lawyers. Those people innovated and those people created new forms of music. And it was within my own family, my grandmother, who, um, you know, suffers through a lot of mental health issues due to her experience growing up black, um, is also, uh, you know, brilliant, was one of the first black women to go to her college. And, you know, so realizing that, that, that there is, um, yes, there are, there are pain points that we need to acknowledge and we need to recognize, but also recognizing uh, th- that's not all we are. We're not just our trauma. Our trauma is part of us, but it is not us. It's very important. Yeah. All right. Thank you for sharing that perspective. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that's always important to highlight in like Black History Month programming as a, as a silly example is all of the joys, all of the celebrations. And, and obviously that's what I try to bring each week to five things is looking for um, things to celebrate that we can build on. So what in, in your work, Maui, what is giving you hope? So this is a, a actually kind of ties into what we just talked about, actually. In our town, we both live in, in the Forest Park uh, area. Our board of education for our local high school is dealing with a lot of issues, institutional issues, structural issues, but also issues with the current administration. What's giving me hope and what's giving me joy right now in relation to that is this coalition-focused community response that has risen in response to that multiracial group of collaborators that are pushing for equity for the children, uh, which is so very needed. So that's something that just in my own community that is giving me hope that is actually kind of wrapped into a pain point. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Before we get to today's five things, uh, 
we have an answer in the in the comments. Is the answer to your trivia question Finnegan's Wake, Maui? It is not Finnegan's Wake, though that is a, a great uh, uh, book. I, I don't know if it was, was it turned into a film. I, if so, I've not I've not seen it, and I should see it. But uh, based on uh, the book by uh, uh, James Joyce, uh, but it is not Finnegan's Wake. Excellent guess, though. Excellent guess. I'll give you a, a, a hint. Um, this film stars uh, John Wayne. Okay. There's your, there's your hint. Okay. All right. So let's move on to today's five things. The first story comes from here in the Chicagoland area, and it's about a critical care physician named Dr. Kay Jacobs, who works at a children's hospital. And she realized that her Black intensive care patients sometimes experience what she called adverse hair events while being treated. And supplies weren't really suitable for Black hair. So Dr. Jacobs began buying and assembling these kits herself, getting them out to all of the um, all of her hospital, and is looking to expand it throughout the network. Mm. That's amazing. Uh, it's it's interesting how um, I mean, you know, being a bald person myself, like I, I don't really have like a, a a strong connection to my hair, but just within my family, I've seen how important hair is to my family and so that's that's kind of that's really cool it's, it's not something you would you would think about right ways that you could um, make someone feel safe make someone feel comfortable that's really cool yeah i mean that's what i love about these stories is that sometimes they're really random and they're also sometimes things that i don't even think about because of my own privilege right but there are just a million ways to be inclusive yeah. Um, the next story is coming from Allstate Insurance, which I think is just doing a really nice job of employee flexibility. And we know that employee flexibility is really important, in particular to women and, and BIPOC folks. So what Allstate has done is that they sold its large, large corporate headquarters, bought a smaller, more flexible space across the street, set up 75% of employees to work from home, 24% hybrid, and only 1% in the office. And as a result, they've seen a lot, uh, a big increase in diversity among candidates, external candidates, and internal candidates for promotion. So it seems to be working really well. And I see, think that there are a lot of companies that should be paying attention. Yeah, so... So they're they're downsizing their office space and encouraging employees to work from home. That's really cool. It's something I've been thinking about throughout the you know throughout the last few years of the pandemic when life you know as we knew it changed and realizing how important it is to like be at home and be with family and whatnot. You know because there's so much of our waking life is usually spent in a cubicle you know, in an office. Uh, so that's really cool. It also is an equitable practice because it lowers the cost of transportation. Absolutely. You know, and a lot of smaller companies have been doing similar things, but we are not seeing a lot of big fortune 500 companies showing this level of flexibility. And I think that's, what's really notable here is that the size of the company and how they're really taking the return to office approach a little bit more, um, just thinking about the employee flexibility first. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next story comes from Walmart, which has designed inclusive uniforms. 
So now they have vests for people in a wheelchair, people who are pregnant, people who are short stature, use internal medical devices. They have a vest for without a zipper, um, a vest for folks who are deaf or hard of hearing that has text on the back that says, please get my attention. I mean, they have really revolutionized the uh, retail vest. Hmm. Growing up, I've, I was never a big fan of Walmart. And so hearing that those moves are being made are, are, are very interesting. Um, I, I'm curious as to how companies get to this, right? I, I would assume that there there's years of work and looking within and really trying you know, honest criticism of oneself to get to the point where you create inclusive initiatives like this. I have not been in a Walmart in years. Maybe I should take a second look. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Maui, they have Walmart has been showing up on five things more regularly because they have done a really great job of taking care of their employees, especially as it comes to higher education mm-hmm. and ba- make basically make it completely free for employees to get a four year degree, hmm. even retail employees. It's very cool. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they they're stepping it up. Okay, the next story comes from Michigan. Uh, The governor of Michigan recently expanded the civil rights protections to include uh, gender identity and sexual orientation. So the way it works here in the U.S. is that every state has its own anti-discrimination law. And that anti-discrimination law sometimes includes sexual orientation and gender identity, but sometimes it doesn't. And if it doesn't, that means that it's perfectly legal to discriminate in those states. And there are about 25 or so states which do not have that language explicitly. So Michigan now does. So Michigan just became a little bit more safe to be openly LGBTQ. It's now illegal to discriminate on the basis of housing and public accommodations. I want to see Gretchen Whitmer get some sort of award the work that she does and continues to do in the face of so much opposition in the face of people trying to kidnap her, right? Like the, the courage and the commitment that it takes. I'm loving Michigan is a state that's very near and dear to my heart. My wife's uh, sister and her family live there. Um, She's a professor at MSU. Her husband works in the financial department at MSU. The work that's happening in Michigan is just amazing. And they were able to turn this, turn the state and in in, in push it in a, in a more inclusive direction in this last election. Like it, it, for the first time in a very long time, you know, their levels of government are in alignment. Uh, it's, I'm very excited for the future of Michigan and the, this, you know, signing this into, into law, these protections just are amazing. Well, it's nice to see, especially because there are some very clear anti-diversity governors out there. So we we like to celebrate the ones that are doing something right. Okay, so um, the next and the last story is about the how the new the veteran the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, the VA, has updated its mission statement to be more inclusive. It used to read to fulfill President Lincoln's promise to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan. 
by serving and honoring the men and women who are America's veterans. So it was very gendered. And now it reads, to care for those who have served in our nation's military and for their families, caregivers, and survivors. So it's inclusive of all genders, and it also acknowledges the important role of the, the, the ones they love. Yeah, so I, I think that's a, a, a wonderful first step. Right? Language matters, right? I still want to see them quadruple the money that they put into the VA, you know, and help. <laughs> those those veterans uh so many of which are dealing with mental health issues and whatnot it's a really great first step keep it going va <laughs> keep 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 doing good works please absolutely i mean that's that's a thing with all of these five things we just have to keep building on these successes right we just have mm -hmm. to keep building on these wins and when we do, of course, you can read about them in the Five Things newsletter, which you can subscribe to at fivethingsdei.com. This week's call to action is a reminder that Ramadan begins on Wednesday, and we're going to share some tips in the show notes uh, some from a poster on LinkedIn called Yasar Ahmed, and he's going to, we'll share the link to his tips on how to be a more inclusive ally to Muslims this Ramadan. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Maui, for being a wonderful guest. And if you don't already subscribe to the Five Things newsletter, it's at fivethingsdei.com. One quick thing before you go off air. Janet got it correct with the quiet man. Oh, yes. Janet, yes. <laughs> Please, uh, we will contact you and uh, get your address, and I'll send you a copy of my book. Thanks, Janet. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for Five Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI 